On today's episode, Blackhawks captain Jonathan Taves played in his final game with the organization last night. I'll go over Taves' legacy in Chicago, some of my favorite moments, and what could come next for number 19. All that and plenty more right here on Locked On Blackhawks. Your Locked On Blackhawks, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Today is Friday, April 14th. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. You can find me out on Twitter at JackBushman2, or you can also go and check out my Strictly Blackhawks account at Talkin' Hockey for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. And real fast, whether you're a first-time listener of the show or a consistent listener and just haven't done so already, please do me a huge favor. Go and show some support real quick. Go and subscribe on YouTube. It's 100% for free and really does help me out tremendously. While you're there, make sure to smash that like button down below, comment, and turn on those push notifications so that you can get the latest episode as soon as it gets uploaded to YouTube. And for you audio folks, you can also follow along 100% for free wherever you may be listening to your podcast. You can also go and leave me a review, which I would always appreciate. Five-star review gets you some bonus brownie points out there. Uh, So make sure to do all that stuff real fast, folks. Only takes a quick couple of seconds, and I greatly appreciate all of the support. All right, enough of that. Good morning, everyone. As always, thank you all for joining me on another episode of Lockdown Blackhawks, your one-stop shop for all things Chicago Blackhawks. And thank you all for making the show your very first listen here to start off your day. Big episode on the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast here this morning. Obviously, we already know the news. Last night, was Jonathan Taves' final game as a member of the Chicago Blackhawks. The club announced earlier in the morning, Kyle Davidson actually held a press conference early in the morning and made the announcement that the organization will be parting ways with Jonathan Taves. They will not be giving him a contract extension in the offseason. And while it was certainly sad to hear the news become official, it wasn't all that surprising. We knew this was the direction the Blackhawks more than likely were heading in, uh, trading away Patrick Kane, obviously was uh, kind of an indicator that, you know, the end of the era was officially coming to a close. But now that Jonathan Taves is gone, uh, well, now that the season is over, Jonathan Taves isn't gone as of yet, but obviously he's not going to be coming back for next season. Um, you know, we've said an end of an era several times over the last years, right? After uh, Duncan Keith gets traded to the Edmonton Oilers, after Brent Seabrook retired, after the Hawks didn't re-sign Corey Crawford, uh, Joel Quenville obviously was fired. Um, most recently, Patrick Kane was traded to the New York Rangers. But with Taves being, you know, the last domino from those Stanley Cup teams that was still around for him, uh, to now no longer be part of the organization moving forward as well. It, it's a very odd and uh, weird feeling to say the least. And last night at the United Center, I wasn't in attendance, unfortunately. I wish I could have been. I was there on Monday. Um, it, it just felt like it was such a, a weird vibe around the entire night. Obviously, super appreciative and uh, thankful for what Jonathan Taves was able to do for this organization. But uh, considering, you know, the Blackhawks are in the middle of uh, a tank run right now. 
Um, leading into last night's game, I felt like it was just kind of a weird dynamic there, whether or not you want to send Jonathan Taves off with a victory or you want the Blackhawks to lose so they can finish lower in the standings. It was kind of a weird mix. And then also for Taves himself, um, while I do think it was awesome that we got this opportunity to send him off like that, and it sucked we didn't really – get that exactly with Patrick Kane. You know, we kind of had a feeling that Kaner was going to get dealt more than likely that was what was going to happen. Uh, And there was still a very good crowd on hand for, I believe it was that game against the Toronto Maple Leafs and also the Dallas Stars, I think it was, where uh, Patrick Kane should have scored that that game-winning goal with no time left on the clock. It would have been perfect. Uh, same thing kind of happened to Jonathan Taves last night too, that I will get into, but also just, yeah, just kind of a, a weird dynamic where Taves, I wouldn't say he's being pushed out the door. He even said so himself that, you know, before his final conversations with Kyle Davidson, this is what his heart was kind of telling him that it was time to move on and whatever is next for him in his career. Uh, it's just time to kind of go and do that next all good things unfortunately do come to an end as taser said himself so kind of a a weird dynamic right we're celebrating jonathan taser but the blackhawks were kind of the ones who came out and said we're not going to be giving him a contract extension even though i'm sure you know the talks and the agreements were mutual it still just was kind of a, a weird buzz all across the night but the one thing that i keep coming back to blackhawks fans is just how grateful we were for everything that Jonathan Taves and that golden era of the Chicago Blackhawks gave us. And this is kind of where at least my mind has, has kind of been wandering since this news first was announced is just how special of a player Jonathan Taves was and how grateful for all those moments, right? Like I feel like in life, just in general, there are so many, And I feel like a lot of people can relate to this. There are so many times in life where you wish when things happened, you would have cherished them more and you would have appreciated them at the time and really lived in the moment and resonated. And with Jonathan Taves being gone, it's just a a reminder of how grateful we should be for what he, all he did for the Chicago Blackhawks in his time here and all that they were able to accomplish. I mean, the run that the Blackhawks went on three Stanley cups in six years, um, absolutely special and there are Blackhawks fans long before I was a fan that you know didn't get to see that type of run um, and waited a whole heck of a long time in order to see the Blackhawks have that kind of success so it it just takes me back to be appreciative for everything that happens in life because you never know when they're going to be gone time goes by so fast and it really does feel just like yesterday that Jonathan Taze was still in the peak of his career and the Blackhawks were still trying to run it back and be competitive and go for another Stanley Cup again. And Jonathan Taze was, you know, one of the best two-way players, not only at the time, but in NHL history. I mean, the guy was capable of doing everything from dangling around a defender to driving to the net with power to, you know, playing in front of the net on the power play, being out there and blocking shots on the penalty kill, scoring shorthanded goals, being a leader on and off the ice. The guy really was a once in a lifetime type of player. And gosh, we're just so lucky to have had Jonathan Taze for as long as we did. 16 years in Chicago, put up some unbelievable numbers. Uh, I'm going to go through some of them right now for those who may not have seen them already last night, but um, 
Jonathan Taves officially finishes with 883 points, 372 goals, 511 assists, and 1,067 regular season games. And what a way for Jonathan Taves to send off. The game itself, it really does feel irrelevant. It was just all about Jonathan Taves. And for him to be able to find the back of the net, a beautiful feed from Andreas Athanasiu to set up Taser in the slot. And pretty cool that, you know, Taser was mic'd up for the entire night. It, it was awesome to hear him and watch him enjoy the festivities with the fans in pregame warmups. He's being bumped into the boards by Jujar Kara or Mackenzie Entwistle and Boris Kachuk with a smile on his face. You know, it, it, it did seem like, well, Taze, I'm sure, was struggling to kind of cope with all the emotions that were running through him. It was awesome to see him have a smile on his face, and he really did look like he was enjoying the moment. And for him to send all those Blackhawks fans off, you know, and send himself off with um, a beautiful power play goal, a huge vintage Jonathan Dave celebration in the corner. Oh, it's going to make me tear up. I mean, ugh. Super special moment at the United Center last night for Jonathan Taves to be able to get to do that. Um, <laughs> really freaking cool that we got to see him find the back of the net one more time. The loudest roar from the United Center all season long. So deserving of that. And Taves, <laughs> after the game, you know, when he's having his uh, interview and they're showing, you know, the montage on the screen and the Flyers stayed out on the ice, which was a very classy move by them as well. Uh, the Blackhawks are all out there on the ice. They're watching his tribute together. They get one last, you know, vintage send-off with Jonathan Taves. He was saying, I'm not worthy of this shit, guys. I'm really not. But Jonathan Taves absolutely was worthy of that. That's how special of a player he really was to this organization. A guy that did everything. He, he literally did everything and um, achieved everything there is to achieve at the professional level. So cool that we got to have that moment with Jonathan Taves last night. It was a sad moment, bittersweet. There were lots of emotions going on, but to be able to have that when we didn't get to, you know, know what was going to happen in the future with Kane, we kind of knew, but it was different with Taser. We didn't get to have that with Kane, Keith, Seabrook, Jalmerson, Crawford, all those guys, but it really all did start with the captain. So I think it was only fitting that Jonathan Taves was the one that got his send-off with the Chicago Blackhawks last night. I wish he would have scored that overtime winner to lift the Blackhawks to a victory. I mean, it would have been the most storybook ending ever. Jonathan Taves in overtime on a breakaway. What move does he do? Oh, yeah, he goes backhand five-hole, the move that's been magnificent for Jonathan Taves in the shootout and on breakaways in his entire career. It gets through Sandstrom. He gets just enough of it, though, to force it wide by seriously just a couple of inches. And then just seconds later, the Flyers go down on the other end and wind up potting the game-winning goal. You could even see Taves on the bench after that, um, kind of just like laughing and shaking his head like, I had that opportunity. I really had it. And uh, it, it was so close. And, man, very reminiscent to, yeah, Patrick Kane um, in the final seconds uh, of – that game, I think against the Dallas Stars, where he just rips a slap shot from a couple strides inside the blue line. Uh, looked good to me, but apparently for those that were uh, watching the review live, I was in Mexico at that time. They said it was uh, just barely after the horn, but man, it could have been two vintage endings for those two in their Blackhawks tenures. But regardless of how it ended, it was an amazing ride along the way. 
be grateful for, I guess this is just a life lesson and just something that I've been thinking about. Live in the moment. Be appreciative of what you have. Time goes by way too fast. You got to cherish everything. It's crazy that Jonathan Taves has played his last game with the Blackhawks. It's tough to fully resonate like the captain, man. The captain. I'm going to miss him, but so grateful for everything that Jonathan Taves did for this Blackhawks organization. And I'm about to go through all of his career statistics, talk about all of his career achievements, and also talk about what could come next for number 19 here in just a moment. But first, real quick, got to pay the bills. I got to talk to you all about Built Bar, which is the protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. Are you looking for a delicious treat but don't want all of the fat and calories? Well, then you got to try Built Bar. And I know some of you right now are sitting watching me saying, well, what makes Built Bar taste so good? First off, every bar is covered in 100% real chocolate, and they come in unbelievable flavors such as cinnamon churro, peanut butter brownie, coconut almond, and plenty more. Plus, every bar only has 130 calories just four grams of sugar and a whopping 17 grams of protein. And right now you can go on down to your local Walmart or Sam's club and get you a box of built bars. You used to have to wait for these things to be delivered to your front door. You'd have to order them online, but now they're in your local Walmart or Sam's club. Go on down there and grab you a four pack of double chocolate. Try the coconut puffs or any built bar puffs that are out there. They're chewy and super tasty. Uh, go and try you know, the peanut butter brownie four-pack, I promise you will be thanking me later. Built Bar, the protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. All right, we're back here on the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast. Real quick, before I get into segment two, for all you everydayers out there, for everyone who tunes into the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast on a daily basis, I do want to let you all know that I got some special stuff coming up here on the podcast this Monday I'm not sure if I'm going to be dropping it on Monday, Tuesday, or exactly how it's going to go, but your boy over here is going to be interviewing several members of the Rockford Ice Hogs ahead of their final games of the regular season in hopes that they qualify for the 2023 Calder Cup playoffs. I'm super stoked for it. Going to be interviewing several different players that hopefully are key pieces to the puzzle for the Chicago Blackhawks, so make sure to keep an eye out for those episodes dropping sometime next week. All right, segment two, I did want to get into all the career achievements and unbelievable statistics from Jonathan Taves' Blackhawks tenure. As I mentioned, spent 16 years in Chicago, was the third overall selection in the 2006 NHL draft. By the way, thank you to the St. Louis Blues and the Pittsburgh Penguins for just, for passing up on Jonathan Taves that year. Uh, Eric Johnson, of course, was the number one overall pick for the Blues. <clears throat> kind of funny. Uh, and then the number two overall pick was Jordan Stahl for the Pittsburgh Penguins. The Blackhawks certainly uh, got the best end of the outcome there. And little did uh, we know at the time of that selection that Jonathan Tays was going to be arguably the most crucial player in Blackhawks franchise history, being the leader that he was named captain at just 20 years old back on uh, July 18th, 2009. At the time, he was uh, the third youngest player in NHL history to be named captain since Connor McDavid and uh, Gabriel Landeskog have since been named captain. Jonathan Taves has been moved down to fifth, but just from start to finish, really an unbelievable career. Um, and during his peak, 
he was, in my opinion, the most influential player that could play both ends of the puck with his ability to literally do it all offensively, defensively, at the faceoff dot, in the locker room. I mean, Jonathan Taze was the man. He was the head on show. And going through some of these numbers, it's it's pretty crazy. Um, as I mentioned earlier, 883 points for Taser, 372 goals thanks to his tally last night against the Flyers, along with 511 assists in 1,067 NHL games. You got to feel like he would have probably hit 1,000 points had he uh, been able to, you know, be healthy and not been forced to miss that entire season. He also missed two months this year. Uh, there was the 2013 lockout as well. Really feel like Jonathan Taves, kind of odd in my mind that he didn't reach 1,000 points, but there were some circumstances that forced him uh, into that situation. But more importantly than his regular season numbers, folks, is what Jonathan Taves did when it mattered the most, when the when the pressure was the highest. Jonathan Taves performed at his best. In 137 career postseason games, Jonathan Taves tallied 119 points, only fitting it was 119, 45 goals and 74 assists. An unbelievable postseason performer, always seemed to step up when it mattered the most. I mean, there are so many postseason memories that I have of Jonathan Tejas, right? I mean, the overtime winner against the St. Louis Blues, the hat trick against the Vancouver Canucks, uh, breaking that long, long goal draw. I think it was like eight or nine games or something against the Detroit Red Wings. Uh, So many, so many vintage Taze memories. Setting up Patrick Kane on a two-on-one for the overtime winner. Absolutely, you know, putting a fork in the Anaheim Ducks in Game 7. Also what he did in Game 6 to even force that one into overtime. Uh, The 2010 Conn Smythe after tallying 29 points in 22 games that year. I mean, the playoff memories go on and on and on for number 19, the longest tenured captain in Blackhawks franchise history. And here's where he ranks among all Blackhawks greats in some key statistics. He's fifth all-time in Blackhawks history in games played, sixth in goals, eighth in assists, sixth in points, and third in game-winning goals. As far as his accomplishments, where how long do you guys got? Because the list goes on and on and on, but the big ones for Jonathan Taves, obviously, three-time Stanley Cup champion, 2010 Conn Smythe Trophy winner, the second youngest player in NHL history to win the award at just 22 years of years of age. Also, the third, uh, the youngest member, excuse me, of the, um, why can't why can't I think of the, the Olympic Gold Club? Excuse me, um, career achievements all over the place, a one-time Selkie trophy winner in 2012, 2013, honestly should have probably won more Selkies for how big of an impact he played on the defensive side of things. And also how good he was at the faceoff dot, but it, it just feels like the NHL has been obsessed with giving this award to Patrice Bergeron for quite some time. Jonathan Davis probably should have won uh, more Selkies than just one in his career. He was also a one-time Mark Messier Leadership Award recipient in 2014-2015. A six-time NHL All-Star, only played in four of them, but was nominated to six All-Stars. In the 2010 Olympics, he was named the best forward in that tournament. Uh, The youngest member of the Triple Gold Club, like I said, I believe he's won five or six gold medals in his career. Uh, The World Juniors, he won it twice. The World Championships, he's got gold at two Olympics. Uh, it's been unbelievable. Jonathan Taves has won at every level that he's played at. And 
um, just the competitor that he is, it always came out in the most important moments. Just thinking back to uh, his shootout heroics in that world juniors before the Blackhawks drafted him. So many incredible moments for Jonathan Taves, and they always seem to happen when the stakes were at the highest of uh, just so many awesome accomplishments, so many achievements, an unbelievable list. It's sad that the Blackhawks weren't able to achieve more for him in those final five to six seasons, but um, it's going to be interesting to see whether or not Jonathan Taves does kind of try to keep pushing the envelope and does try to, you know, continue his career elsewhere in hopes of contending for a Stanley Cup. And when you heard him kind of talk about everything last night, I will say we should probably take it with a grain of salt, but it did sound like Jonathan Taves if there was one way he was leaning at this point in time, it would be leaning towards retirement. I mean, he mentioned, you know, retiring as a Blackhawk and even kind of entertaining some of the things that he's had to put on the back burner because of his NHL career. It was just kind of some intriguing things that Jonathan Taves said. But at the end of the day, I'm sure he knows himself very well where he didn't want to make a decision one way or another. There are absolutely going to be days where he wakes up and the fire is going to be burning inside of him. That's just the type of guy that he is. Um, but it is all going to come down to how his body is feeling at that point in time. And just for him to even get back on the ice and return this season, it felt like it was a big hurdle for Jonathan Taves to clear. And you just never know what's going to happen with each passing day. And like, if he's forced to miss more time next season, it feels like you know, there, there's almost like this line that he's reaching where it's like, is it worth it for me to keep having to battle back and forth? I come back and then I get shut down again and I come back and I get shut down again. It just feels like it's a lot of wear and tear on his body at this point in time. But if the body is feeling good, I really do expect Jonathan Taves to be playing somewhere else next season. Kyle Davidson even said that he expects Jonathan Taves to play somewhere else next season. But uh, I'm sure there's going to be a lot of, um, lot of, lot of uh, reflecting and a lot of downtime for Jonathan Taze to think about what he wants to do next year over the summer. But uh, regardless of what happens next, really cool that we got this send off for him. As I've said several times, don't be sad because you know it it ended. Be happy because the ride was that amazing. And the reason that we're all this sad is because that's how special. Jonathan Taze was to this city, man. And I was super emotional last night. I'm not going to lie. I'm a little emotional right now talking about all of this on the show because um, it, it's it's just wild that it, it has come to an end. But I, I held strong. I didn't, you know, tear up or anything until Jonathan Taze's post-game interview where he said, you know, you'll always have a special place in my heart. I love you, Chicago. This will always be my home. That was the first time where it was like, oh, man, who put those onions there? Like, that was really sad to hear Taser say, but again, we should just be absolutely grateful that we got that experience with Jonathan Taves last night because, heck, uh, uh, three weeks ago, I didn't think Jonathan Taves was going to play another game for the Blackhawks in his career, maybe not even another game in his NHL career. It didn't look all that good in terms of his progression for coming back, but for him to be able to battle his way to play in, you know, a handful more games for the Blackhawks, give us fans a few more moments to see him score a goal at the United Center last night and celebrate in vintage taser fashion. You know, I, I wouldn't trade the world for that. It, it was an unbelievable moment and something along with so many other things throughout his historic Blackhawks ride 
that I'll never forget for the rest of my life. Thank you for everything, number 19, Jonathan Taves. You always hold a special place in my heart. All right, before I wrap up today's show, folks, do still want to talk about the updated Tankathon standings. I know that feels like it's on the back burner right now with Jonathan Taves and his last game with the Hawks being the center stage, but uh, there is still some things to dissect here ahead of the final day of the NHL regular season. Obviously, the year has come to a close already for the Chicago Blackhawks with their 5-4 to overtime loss to the Philadelphia Flyers last night. Uh, the season also came to a close for the Anaheim Ducks as well. The only team that's still playing uh, that's impacting the Tankathon standings is the Columbus Blue Jackets. But last night, by the way, was just an absolutely wild ride for the Tankathon standings because the Blue Jackets found themselves down 2-1 to one to the uh, to the Pittsburgh Penguins in the third period. They wind up tying the game, and then Johnny Goudreau, baby, nets the overtime winner. How about this meltdown from the Pittsburgh Penguins? With their backs against the wall, I know they were already eliminated heading into last night's game against Columbus, but they still played their studs. They played Malkin, they played Crosby, they played Latang, they played Tristan Jari in net, their starter, uh, and they wind up not only losing to the Blue Jackets in overtime, but the night before, two nights before, losing to the Chicago Blackhawks, a historic meltdown for the Pittsburgh Penguins to snap their 16-year postseason streak. And with that being the case, General Manager Ron Hextall, unsurprisingly, was just fired here a couple of hours ago. What a nightmare meltdown by the Pittsburgh Penguins, losing to the Hawks and the Blue Jackets in the final two games of the season, but that certainly shook things up in the Tankathon standings, obviously. The Blue Jackets winning that game 3-2 to two, that momentarily had them leaping the Blackhawks in the standings. The Hawks uh, also tied the game up late with a goal from Andreas Athanasiu, which, again, was like a mix of seven different emotions because it's like, oh, we want to send Jonathan Taves off with a victory, but no, we don't want to be winning this game. We want to finish in dead last. Uh, <laughs> absolutely wild mix of emotions. Andreas Athanasiu, by the way, was channeling his inner Connor McDavid last night, a man on a mission to send Jonathan Taves off with a victory. He did everything in his power to do so. Uh, Four-game point streak for Andreas Athanasiu to end his first and maybe only season with the Blackhawks. We'll see what happens in the future there. But thanks to Athanasiu, the Blackhawks also picked up a point last night before falling short to the Flyers in overtime. And then also the Anaheim Ducks uh, put up a little bit of a fight early on against the Los Angeles Kings. They were down three to two early on in the third period, but then the Kings added some insurance goals and the Ducks wind up losing their 12th game in a row. And that officially will give them the best chance of landing Connor Bedard in the 2023 NHL draft lottery. The Blackhawks cannot finish in last place following the loss from the Ducks last night. And listen, I know there are people who are, uh, and I was even, you know, messing around on Twitter. I like having a good time. So I posted some funny gifts when Andreas Athen, the CU scored and all that good stuff. Regardless, the Blackhawks are still going to have to have the ping pong balls bounce their way. It's just the way it has to be. Uh, we're still going to need some luck to land counter Bedard, regardless if we're uh, 32nd or 31st or 30th in the standings. Obviously, yes, you want the best percentage chance of course, but you're still going to need some bounces from the ping pong balls to go your way. And for people to be like legitimately mad that the Chicago Blackhawks forced overtime last night, it's kind of like, come on. Um, 
they can't finish in dead last place anymore following the Ducks' 12th consecutive loss. And that's really what I wanted to get to and to reiterate to you Blackhawks fans. I believe this Blackhawks team lost 12 of their last 15 games. And there was a Mailbag Monday episode like two or three weeks ago where I was asked, how many games do the Blackhawks need to lose in order to have a shot at finishing 32nd in the standings? And I believe I said if they can lose 12 or 13 of those final 15 games, they're going to be right there in the mix. Well, they did just that. The only problem was the Anaheim Ducks did a little bit better of a job of tanking than they did as they lost their last 12 games of the season. I mean, it's just just hard to compete with that, right? Um, and then the Blue Jackets, this is what's really going to be interesting. The Ducks have solidified the 32nd position in the standings. The Blackhawks right now do sit in 31st, but the only reason they do is because they've already played 82 games, so they technically have the lower points percentage. The Columbus Blue Jackets have the same amount of points as they do, 59, but if the Blue Jackets lose in regulation tonight to the Buffalo Sabres, then they will officially finish 31st in the NHL standings. The Blackhawks will get bumped up to 30th. But if Columbus at least forces this game into overtime, then the Blackhawks will finish 31st in the standings and the Blue Jackets will finish 30th. So now it's just kind of all about seeing what's going to happen this evening with the Blue Jackets. Would certainly be awesome if they can kind of carry some of that momentum into tonight's game against Buffalo. We could use some help from the Jackets. We're also going to need some help from the ping pong balls. That's, you know, the only way that the Blackhawks are going to be getting Connor Bedard in the 2023 NHL draft is if they get a couple of lucky bounces in the draft lottery here in just a couple of months. All right, folks, I think that is going to wrap up Friday, April 14th episode of Lockdown Blackhawks. Thank you all again for tuning into the show. And as always, make sure to go and follow Lockdown Blackhawks for free wherever you listen to your podcast and to go and subscribe to the YouTube channel. And that way you can get the latest episode as soon as it comes out each and every day. Once again, thank you all for tuning into today's show. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. You can find me out on Twitter at Jack Bushman 2 or you can also go and check out my strictly Blackhawks account at Talkin' Hockey for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. And make sure to keep your eye out for my interviews with several members of the Rockford Icehawks, several high-end prospects for the Chicago Blackhawks. I'm super excited for that to be dropping sometime next week. Keep your peepers peeled for that. Once again, I'm Jack Bushman, your host. Until tomorrow's episode of Lockdown Blackhawks, it's going to do it.